my old friend Caroline White, who I interviewed back in April. At that point, it was just starting. She hadn't even started it. She was just starting a new photography project where she was shooting her models and her subjects through the windows of their homes. And it kind of blew up. It's really cool. So she tells us what's been going on in her life for the last two months. And I just really enjoyed catching up with an old friend and someone who has found artistic inspiration in this whole mess. So music is always by Matthias DeWild. And thank you so much for listening. Caroline White of Caroline White Photography. Welcome back to the pod, my friend. Thank you so much, CK. It's great to talk to you. So when we spoke a month and a half, two months ago, you were teetering on the very precipice of a new way of approaching your photography. Can you tell us that story in 10,000 words? (laughs) Yes. So when I talked to you, I, I was about to go and do my first through the window shoot of one of my neighbors that evening. Um, so I went out and did that and I, and I kind of just kept doing more neighbors, more friends, uh, through their windows. Um, sometimes during the day, sometimes at night. Um, sometimes I could talk to them kind of through the window. Sometimes I had to call them on the phone to communicate with them. They all, it was all, I wasn't peeping, being a peeping Tom at all. Um, although I have, you know, I have seen projects like that 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 have been done, done quite beautifully, and that's that's actually where some of my inspiration came from. Was an exhibit that I'd seen in New York years ago by Arnie Svensson called "The Neighbors." It was at Julie Saul Gallery in Chelsea, who's kind of like a friend, and um, he fo- he he lives in New York City, and he photographed all his neighbors, you know, across the way with without them knowing. So um, weird, but I can see why it would make for compelling art. Yeah, and he and a whole bunch of people tried to sue him. It was a huge, giant controversy. It ended up being great for the show, but he ended up getting like death threats, and it was in the news. And but if you actually go and look up Arnie Svensson, the neighbors, I think the photos are just breathtakingly beautiful and tender and subtle and and intimate and. I don't think they're exploitive or creepy at all. Um, But, you know, people try to sue him and he actually won. It was like a unprecedented case. I guess there's sort of like, if you're in your apartment, if you don't close your shades, you have to sort of assume that people can look in. There's that kind of privacy, I guess, or something like that. I don't know. Um, But I had full permission from everybody because... Uh, I'm just, I get self-conscious and I, I just want to make sure that like, I just don't want anyone mad at me, you know? Of course. So, and I'm always asking people, you know, is there anything you need for your business, for your online dating? Like, what do you need? You know, I like to collaborate very much in that way. Um, and that's possible in LA because a lot of people are in houses or they're just in the second floor of their apartment. They're not on like the 30th floor of some huge, massive building where you don't, you, you can't even figure out what their apartment is. Um, so that kind of came back into my head. And, uh, and once I got a portfolio together of all these neighbors of mine through their windows, I actually put it up for sale in my online shop and actually started selling these. Cool. 
Um, and then but, I started getting pressed. Wait, well, let's slow down a little bit. Let's talk about the the uh, collaboration process yeah. with your models and your subjects. Like, like take yeah. a, take us through one of your favorite shoots and how it actually <laughs> all came together. Well, I have. Um, I'm pretty involved with like my direct neighbors because a bunch of us are trying to prevent um, some development from happening. So we're all very connected in that way. And there's some neighbor, like I live in a cul-de-sac like next to like hiking trails. So it's a very, uh, I I think it's a very neighbory, you know, neighborhood. Um, But I've also been here six years. So it's taken me a while to to slowly get to know a lot of the people. Um, And uh there was this one neighbor who, I mean, she literally lives in like my dream house. So uh, I immediately (laughs) reached out to her once I had like, I think I'd photographed two people. I wanted to kind of test out two people before doing like that, you know, that one neighbor that I really kind of had my eye on. So I sent her uh, the images and she was like, yeah, sounds fun. Come on over. You know, I mean, people were bored out of their minds and just trying to stay sane. And it was just an incredibly confusing, scary time for mm-hmm. so many people. Um, so it was, it was a really fun little project. And, um, but then like, like dive into the details here. How did you communicate with them? How did you get them to model? Like, yeah. how, like it's not the same way that you shoot your other clients. So how did, how did you do this? Yeah. I mean, some of it is a little bit similar with the, with other clients. Um, it is like a little bit of a technical challenge as far as shooting through the windows. Cause you're dealing with the reflections and the reflections might be really beautiful, but some of the reflections are getting in the way of the person's face or whatever part of the person you're trying to capture. So you're, you're trying to line up like all these layers and then you have, you know, the outside of the house, which is a layer. You have the inside of the house, which is a layer behind the person. Maybe there's multiple people or pets and maybe you have flowers and bushes in the foreground. And then you have the issue of like, well, what if they're on the second floor or what if their window's up really high? So I would bring step stools and I would bring things to block the reflection. Sometimes I was in a really narrow um, space, you know, where there was a fence and I just had, you know, two, three feet to like get between the building and the fence. Um, sometimes I would go by people's places and, you know, at different times of day and see what was happening with the light, exactly. with the reflections. Um, sometimes I would have people give me like a tour on their, um, you know, on FaceTime and I would have them go outside and try and see, you know, what's across the street. What are the you know, what's the situation with the trees? Um, a couple of people I photographed using my drone, which was really interesting. And one of those, one of those turned out to be one of my favorite photos. It's like a bright orange building. Um, and that one turned out really nice. My friend, my friend, George, who lived on the second floor of a, of an apartment building that was, and I sort of thought the building was like a really hideous, like, why do people paint buildings bright orange? Like, this is just obscene. But with the blue sky, it it actually turned out really nicely. And with the shadows, you know, the sort of terracotta shadows versus the sort of, you know, um, you know, Tropicana orange of the building, it kind of, it kind of came out quite nicely. Um, so each one of those was like its own, um, 
challenge. Something interesting that happened was, um, in particular, uh, this one client, I was actually able to get like right up in her face, uh, much closer than I would normally get to any client in real life because this glass, it also provided, you know, uh, this like layer of protection. And sometimes people would have like, you know, their windows open a crack and I could kind of yell through the window, but sometimes I had to do it on the phone with them. And I would, I would just put my phone on speaker and just literally every time I would just put the phone like in my bra, like literally every time I did that, um, and that's so, and that shows flexibility, innovation, and just making it work. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like it was my my mental health saving grace. Of course. I mean, having this project be engaging and challenging, and like you know, I was like, I was like experimenting, and I was marketing. I was like talking to friends of neighbors. And I met some new friends actually cool. during this time, and. Um, so I, it made me feel like much more connected to like my neighborhood. And I'm usually traveling a lot. So it's like, it's hard for me to have, you know, that neighborhood feel for a really long extended period of time. Cause I'm always in and out of town. This is the longest I've ever gone. And like, I don't even know how long without getting on a plane. I know me too. <sighs> yeah. Right. Probably it's been the longest time for me in six or seven years without being on a plane. I, I think, I, I think I'm, I think I'm the same. I think about seven, maybe even eight years. Um, it's yeah, it's so, and I want to get on a plane and I, I'm so confused about when and where and should I, should I know who to see and who not to see. And I want to try to go see my parents, but I know that if I do try to see them, I should see them first and then go see clients and young people and healthy people that are, you know, making that judgment call, but I, I, I'm not, it's hard to put that, you know, I'm trying to travel with the weather. There might be a surge in the fall, I know. It, I, I, this whole Rubik's cube. And like, I mean, I have clients waiting on me that are in New York, Toronto, North Carolina, Florida, New Jersey, Northern California, Chicago, uh, Portland, Maine, like I'm trying to piece that whole puzzle together without losing clients. And I may have to, you know, I may have to let go of a couple clients. I already did let go of a couple of clients. It was probably for the best anyway. Yeah. But I mean, my business is operating at about like, I would say like 25 to 35% of what it is normally. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I mean, talk to me at the end of the year. Like I could make it all up in August and September. It's it's definitely possible with the way my business is structured, you know? Yep. So we'll see what happens, you know? But going yeah. back to the actual shoots for a second, so I'm so intrigued. Yeah. What instructions did you give your models? So I would basically like, um, I, I would tell them a little bit what to wear. Sometimes I would do like a clothing... Um, consultation with them. And I found that the same clothes really worked. And it was generally like something that's light colored because a lot of times if the room behind them is dark or if it's nighttime, I want them to kind of pop and come through. So I was really encouraging people to wear, you know, light colors or having them wear like black and just having their face be the thing that 
comes forward from the darkness that has that contrast. Um, and then I would just sort of tell them where to sit or stand or what, what to look at, whether to look at me or, you know, whether to look, I had a lot of people, I wanted to capture for myself, like what I felt that the quarantine mood was. Yeah. So a lot of my favorite images are sort of a little bit more somber and have that sad, like lonely, kind of trapped, confused look to them. But in all honesty, like everybody, there were laughing moments during every shoot of people being like, am I doing what you want? I can't (laughs) hear you. What? There was a delay with the phones. And um, so there's plenty of like laughing photos in, in the, in the archive. But, um, and I think, um, but what makes it art is the lonely aspects because it's not a quarantine photo. It's not authentic to the historical moment. If you catch people laughing in their homes, I mean that's. I don't know. I think I, I think any any real moment is just is just a real moment. Fair. You know, um, I mean it is a silly thing having somebody photograph you through through your window. You know, like <laughs> not in the service re- of art. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And some people have used these photos for their business. You know, um, I, a lot of my clients are like, you know, business coaches and life coaches and everyone's talking about, you know, this pivot, you know, um, I think it's all art, you know, I think, I think it's in the eye of the beholder or the creator to say whether they think it's art or not. Um, that's fair. Which is in, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like I got, uh, featured in Artnet, which, uh, you know, I, I never thought, you know, you start taking these photos and what are you doing after you taking them? Are you publishing them? Are you social mediaing them? How, how does it develop from you doing the shoots to the media interest in this project? Yeah. So it was on my, you know, I had my quarantine list of things I'm going to accomplish during quarantine. Of course, like, I mean, I show me one person on the planet who did their entire list in quarantine. And I'll, you know, I'll show you a psychopath. <laughs> um, but Facts. it was on my, yeah, it was on my list, like, and it's been on my list for a long time to, you know, try to get some press, some publicity of some kind somewhere, you know, it's just something you're supposed to do, quote unquote. Um, and I never really felt like I, I, you know, I do personal branding photography, but like, where's the real story in that? Like it used to be a really new novel thing. And there was like a New York, New York times article about it in the style section a bunch of years ago that I was not in, which I thought was so funny because some of the people in that article like had come to me being like, I want to follow in your footsteps, which is people that, uh, let it, made it be known to me that they wanted to like follow and do what I do and change their careers to my career. And then they did, and they became supposedly the starters of that like industry. It's Mm. fine. It's totally fine. Annoying Um, though. I mean, press and publicity are really weird. And I do have to give a big shout out to, one of my close, close friends, her name is Sabrina Dax, D-A-X. She's a, she's a publicist. She's a, she usually helps authors, but also like artists and all kinds of interesting people. And she has been like 
most of this press, like I would not have been able to get without her help. She really knows what she's doing. I, I didn't understand like how to get press. Like I was such a, I, I just knew nothing about how to get it other than to just kind of bug people, which is a big part of it. I understand. So you start doing this photography project and then you look at your list of things that you want to accomplish during quarantine. And it, one of them is cultivate relationships and build your media press kit. And so what, what do you actually do? Um, so I remembered that I did have one article about me years ago, um, in business insider. And I, I, I don't really like that article. Uh, I didn't really understand what the article was going to be about until it was already up. But, you know, I thought, let me reach out to this girl who wrote this article on me, like, I don't know, five years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And see if she's interested in doing, an article on these like quarantine portraits, pandemic portraits, or if she knows somebody else at business insider, you know, who, who'd be into it. And immediately Super she got smart. back to me. She put me in touch with somebody who was totally interested. And the girl ended up doing a really nice article. Um, but it was interesting. Cause like, you know, um, a lot of these publications, like there's the writer and then the editor is the one who does the headline. Yeah. And it was the original headline was so made me ill. It was so clickbaity. And what just, was it? It was. It had this kind. Of, I forget what it was, but it had this kind of feeling of like, can you believe these idiots are paying so much money to have their portraits taken through their windows? Like, you know, it had that kind of like. That's so frustrating for you because yeah. you're, you're reaching out in good faith, trying to. I mean, it's like you're just trying to work, right? Yeah, but then when I thought about the other article years ago in Business Insider, it was the same. Okay. Like, so I actually got them to change the headline, which Sabrina Dax, my publicist friend, she was like, I cannot believe you got them to change the headline once it was How did you do that? I just told them, like, I was really upset and really, you know, I had told them in the writer of it, she was so wonderful. And I told her like how embarrassed I was about the, the previous article, like five years ago and how basically here, I'll just tell you what happened. But the article five years ago, they were like writing an article on me about like how I was like a successful photographer and they wanted to know how much money I made. And I thought they were just fact checking to make sure I wasn't some like con artist liar. Yep. So I gave them, you know, documentation of my income and they actually put my exact income in a headline. And I thought that was just like, that was, I just thought like half my friends are artists. Like I just thought it was so tacky just, Something similar I, happened to me with uh, Yahoo Finance a couple of years ago. And look, you learn, right? Yeah. And it's, I should have known better back then, but you get burned enough times and you start to stay away from the fire. Yeah. So, yeah. So I talked to the, the girl this time about how embarrassing that was. And then lo and behold, you know, she sends me the article and she says, look, like I don't get to write the headline. And I was like, you have to change it, please. Like I am begging you. Like the, I, I was like, I can't share this, you know, I want to share this with like 
all over the place, Facebook and Instagram, my newsletter and text it to my family. And like, I want to do all this stuff. And I, I can't, I can't send this to people. It just makes me feel crappy. And yep. Oh, I understand. And she was like, let me see what I can do. And they actually changed it. And like, that's so rare. Congratulations. So, so rare. And, and, and you know what? <laughs> yeah. There's a kindness to everybody that you worked with. Because how embarrassing yeah. would it be if somebody whose face was in this article that people were sending it back to them being like, ha, 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 you dummies. Oh, you know what helped also? I took, I posted the article just to my uh, friends only, like not publicly on my Facebook. And I asked people what they thought and everyone was like, great article, like horrible headline. And I took screenshots of everyone's feedback and I sent it to her. Nice. Good for you. So, (laughs) and then, um, so then like Metro UK, like picked it up from Business Insider and Sabrina helped me get in a couple of different like art publications and, uh, I, I could not believe I got into Artnet. Congratulations. I mean, CK, like Artnet was always this like, like high and mighty, like I'm not a, I I never considered myself like a true real artist, you know, cause like. Well, you have validation for it now. Yeah. I think it's, uh, and that feels like very hopeful that that project is coming to a close that I feel like things are opening up a bit for better or for worse. I'm really curious, like what you think of things opening up, but maybe that's not the. Well, we'll we'll get there in a second. No, we can look our, our points have flexibility. We can, we can take that point wherever the heck we want, but I'm now curious. So you, you, do these shoots, you get some media. No, you get you get one piece of media, which is part of the process you wanted to develop in quarantine as it is. You fight back against the media that you get because <laughs> they, they handle it like, like assholes and, mm-hmm. and you call them on their BS. And then mm-hmm. it gets picked up in other cases. And so it, be, it goes a little, you know, for lack of a better term, it goes a little bit viral. What was some more of the positive feedback? That you, did you get any new pieces of business? Did you get? Did you have friends reaching out to you saying, "Oh, I saw you in this. Congratulations!" Like, like talk us through what it was like to have various media outlets uh, report on this project of yours. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, I learned that what happened was some articles would just pop up of of of, um, publications that neither me nor Sabrina had reached out to. And they just, I guess this is like part of publicity is that, uh, and the internet is that you just get into the habit of all those submissions and follow-ups and you're, you know, you really are trying to get people to just get back to you and say yes, no, or maybe, or later or whatever. Yeah. You, you, you kind of just bug them until they give you an answer. Um, so that muscle, you know, that, that was an old habit that came very much in handy for, um, following up and submitting and finding people on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, through their email, you know, uh, what, how else did I find people? I might've WhatsApped a couple of people that, you know, said to WhatsApp them and their websites and stuff. Um, so that was 
that was sort of like a blast from the past, like just submitting, submitting, submitting. And I didn't really have much else to do. Like I had totally the time and, uh, and now, you know, now, I mean, if I had been able to submit myself as an actor from my phone, like, my God, that seems like such a luxury. Huh. So a lot of my submissions I was just doing from bed. So. And then with this increased press presence, how, how do you think it's affected your business? I mean, are, are you, do you have new clients because of this? Are you, because when I got that Yahoo Finance profile, which was so aggravating to me, it turned into, I got one client from it, but I love yeah. that client. It's a really cool <laughs> client to have and I'm, I'm thankful for it. And so the trade-off, like if you actually could, you know, I got into trouble with the money aspect of it, but I can, I can actually price out what that article cost me, uh, in mm. terms of, or, or what, it, how, how it benefited me in, in real terms. And you know what? It's a okay thing to like, I will take it. And so I'm curious to know what, um, what the results were. Yeah. Like what sort of tangible results, um, have come from this press? Yeah. I, um, I got a couple of clients like through my own network, um, just through like Instagram and email that like, were like, Ooh, yeah, I want one of these shoots. Um, and one was like a really uh, young, cool, um, sort of starting out business coach that I think like normally wouldn't have been able to hire me because like my regular personal branding rates are, you know, minimum like a couple grand. Yep. And I was doing these shoots for as little as like, I think four or $500 because they were really quick. There's only so much you can do, yep. you know, through a window. Um some people's houses, like you really only had one option in one window. Sometimes you had a bunch of options of different windows and different sides of the house, depending on different factors. But, um, and then I also got one inquiry, uh, through Artnet for a woman who, um, wanted to buy uh, a print. Cool. And I kind of wonder, I kind of have a feeling like that might become sort of a patron uh i think i mean we'll see we'll see she's bought she bought one print and um we'll see what happens but i sort of have a feeling like she's a collector maybe um and she's yeah she said she's interested in buying more but she just wants to see like how the first print like comes out and like gets delivered and stuff so um and that brings me a lot of joy like i'm sure having my work on someone's wall, like them wanting to put it on their wall is like pretty exciting to me. So. And then it just, uh, so are you back to business is normal? Sort no, of? Are I you, mean, are, are, no. Are, are, you, are you innovating anymore? I mean, this was a real innovation. Uh, are you innovating anymore? Um, I think that the road trip up the coast and the road trip to Arizona um, that's a little bit new. So I'm kind of trying to let, I'm, I'm looking at the maps and seeing, you know, do I have, you know, two Facebook friends who live in San Luis Obispo that I should let them know that I'm passing through town and, you know, if they want to shoot great, if they want to get a drink, great. Like I, you know, that's, you know, go on a picnic or whatever, socially distanced with masks, whatever people are comfortable with. Um, 
so the scale, like I'm basically trying to translate the air travel because like 80% of my business was based on either me getting on a plane or my clients getting on a plane to come to me. So I'm trying to like translate all that air travel into basically car travel. Um, and, but I don't want to be like doubling back and forth, you know? So I'm trying to put that puzzle together, which is, we'll see how it goes. Like fingers crossed. And I'm sure it'll be, you know, I'm sure I'll get a few clients. I don't think they'll be lined up like dominoes perfectly. I mean, you never know, but I'm not really holding my breath for that outcome. Um, and I've never, it's funny cause I've never driven up the coast. Like I always take the, the most direct route to get to Northern California. Take it. Never- you, you take I five straight up. Uh, you, you, exactly. ever, you don't take, yes. uh, you don't oh, take that's highway right. you're one. From Sacramento. Oh, I, I know. I know all about I five. <laughs> yeah. I've taken I five a lot. And I'm sure. I've lived in California for, I've been based here for 15 years. I've never gone up the PCH. So time to do it. I'm excited about that. But also I think like, the pandemic has really shifted my values in a big, big way. Major. Let's talk about that. I had been shopping for houses for like a few years. I didn't buy one. I was going to buy my first home and the prices in LA are just insane. And like doing the mortgage calculations is just sort of like completely anxiety producing and I made a few offers over the past few years and I never, um, I think I only had one offer accepted, which I rescinded very quickly when I realized like everything was wrong with the house, like under the sun. Um, and thank God I didn't get a house because, you know, I was going to, my plan at the beginning of the year was to try to double my business. That was like my January 1st goal was to double my business. Best laid plans. <laughs> And I just realized that I really don't care as much about security as I used to because it's just, I think the American dream is a little bit dead, especially for most people. Um, And long-term planning is just such a gamble. And I think I just want to like look to the next two years of what do I want to do? You know, if I get hit by a bus, you know, what, 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 what's going to matter to me if I'm, you know, in the middle of the street, realizing that I just got hit by a bus about to not make it or whatever for, I know that's like a morbid thought, but no, look, look, I think metaphorically the world got hit by a bus in 2020. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I sort of developed this obsession with this project um, that's a book that I want to do. And it'll take, you know, it'll take a good year or two, I think, to put together. Good for you. And how how much do you think you were inspired by media reframing your work as art? And has has that lit up any new neurons in your brain? Um, I have had time to, you know, I was supposed to go to Japan for a photography workshop with Sam Abel, who is 
really highly regarded, incredible teacher. Like he shot for National Geographic for 38 years, older guy. Um, I was supposed to take one of his workshops in Japan this past spring and they've pushed it back a year. And I've never, I'd never really done any training in that way. You know, um, like my degree is in acting, you know, I, I'm not, I didn't go to, I didn't take studio art or fine art really, except as like just dabbling as a kid. Um, but I had a lot of friends who went to art school and photography school and it was all very serious and all very kind of elite. And, and so I kind of had a, a rejection of that world. And I was sort of being invited back into that world in a way that I felt like maybe I could do this. Maybe I do have a place, um, you know, like capturing my own vision of the world and, and, and travels and stuff like that. Not just, not just for social media, not just for advertisements and commercial work, but just like real for your soul. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so that, um, that group of people, Sam's like network and this guy named George Nobeci, who's an incredible photographer, who's like a sort of friend slash mentor of mine. Um, they all put together this weekly, um, zoom of called evenings with the masters. And like, it's totally opened my eyes to all these incredible photographers that I didn't know existed that have done really incredible things like over many, many decades and had, just, you know, tons of publications and shows and awards and books and, but getting, not just seeing that, but, but seeing into their like inner world and their motivations and their values and their, um, artistic evolutions has been so eye opening And I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I, I, I'm just such a late bloomer in coming to that, like so late. Um, but that's, but much, yeah. I mean, what Sam has taught you is that this is a lifetime pursuit. I mean, that's part of the lesson, right? I mean, he's been doing this for decades on decades and decades. It doesn't matter that you're starting now because you have the rest of your life to work on this craft. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I, I think photography is so cool in that way because it's like, there's just so many different aspects of photography. Like you'll never get bored you know, you'll never get it perfect. Like every project is like a new animal and requires a new set of skills to develop, not just technically, but socially and interpersonally. And, you know, so many, it's just, it's just this like beautiful black hole basically. And what is the best way for, are you going to be documenting this new part of the journey in real time, or is it something that we have to wait uh, for you to come out with in a year or two's time? That's a really good question because talking to some of my more, you know, talking to some of my photographer friends who have like gallery representation, there's a whole other, you know, aspect um, with that, like they are supposed to save their best photos for the gallerists. And I, I don't know if they have some sort of deal or if it's unspoken or written or what, but um, I'm used to just putting my best work like straight up on Instagram. Cause like, that's, you know, the only way my work is going to get seen. I don't, I've never been shown at a gallery. I've never been repped at a gallery. I don't think I've really 
I don't think I've won any awards other than like, you know, favorite headshot photographer <laughs> in LA. If that even counts, that's not a fine art award. That's like a consumer's award, you know? Yeah, I do. Um, so, you know, I think I'll just figure it out as I go, you know? Yeah, because this shift, I think would just be compelling over Instagram. Yeah, I, I want to share it. I'm going to share it. But, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, but sometimes, you know, I, I think it, it is great to share, but I mean, maybe part of this paradigm shift is getting away from that, just that real time approach. And maybe part of what's going to make it beautiful is the fact that you are going to wait two years. I do think there's something to be said for like, going into like the cave of the creative process yeah, and not just constantly spitting out work without having that going inside like solitude, like, you know, exploring, culling, you know, culling lots of work and seeing what the, seeing what your work, you know, is telling you it wants to become or needs to become. Uh, I actually took a break from social media last week and it was like literally the first conscious break I've ever taken from social media ever. Um, and like I've taken accidental breaks from social media, but the, when I whenever I took those accidental breaks, I was always like, oh, I should be checking it. I should be posting, but I'm not. I was just, you know, busy or traveling or whatever. Um, and I just took a conscious break and I, I didn't know how long I was going to take a break for. It ended up being like about five days and it was like, I just felt a million times better, like mentally health, like, oh my God. Like I, yeah. So yeah, th- I feel like those, those things are all related. Like, you know, how much do you want to document what you're doing? Do you want to document it in real time a little bit halfway? Are you going to be conscious about what you're saving for later? You know, um, and I think that what turns something into art is if it's intentional and if you have intention behind what you are doing and you're not just kind of like, I think it's what, what makes a lot of this lazy or unartistic is when people just kind of do whatever is easiest or whatever moves them or they just, they don't frame it beforehand. They don't do the, the mental work prior to really think it through and it, look, it, it can change, but I think it's going to be really cool for you going forward, especially with this road trip. You're going to have a lot of time to think and, yeah. and you know, just trying to get as much clarity in your thought process as possible, I think will really translate to the work that comes out of the next year or two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that's a really good distinction. People are always like, what is art? What is art? And I think a lot of it goes to intention. I you know, agree. If, if the intention is to get likes and clicks, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a more of a stretch to call it art than if someone wants to, um, tell a story or capture a point in time, a point in history, a point in their life or their inner life. Um, I think that's a. I think that's a, one of the great distinctions of what is art. There's, I agree. There's probably there's probably a few that I can't even think of right now, but um, that's a great point. And so, 
if you approach this next phase in your career, you know, in the, the mid-COVID phase, you've already had your early COVID phase, and now you're going to have your <laughs> mid-COVID phase. If you approach it with intention in the same way that you approached the first phase with intention, because that's, that's what you did. Like, this, this great stuff that came out of it was a product of the intention to uh, work uh, or develop your, your media development and your intention of trying to figure out new ways to shoot clients even though you had to drastically reduce your fees and you got something really special out of it. Yeah, it was really a gift. Like, I, I, I really have to give a shout out to Arnie Svensson and also to my friend Amy Osset Roan, who was doing the same project in Indiana and she got on the news for it. Um, and we actually share a hashtag called uh, Quarantine Through Glass on, on Instagram. So you can see, if you go on that hashtag, you can see just how wildly different our styles are. And, you know, I've known her for years. So it's really beautiful to see. Um, and I hope other photographers start using that hashtag too, if they're doing any, any through the window shoots. And I, I do think that through the window shoots might continue for a small portion of the population that, that, you know, is high risk and has to stay quarantined. Um, you know, which is unfortunate. Um, those people are out there. I mean, it, I don't know. It might be, maybe I should reach out to, uh, old folks homes to nursing homes and see if they're can you imagine if you just did that for the stretch of your drive where you mapped out where where nursing homes were and you're saying hey i'm I'm an artist i've been written up in this sort of thing um i would love to document um in all the different phases all the different joys uh sorrows loneliness of the the people and and not just and, and not just the clients but also the workers like if you did a whole through the glass in nursing homes up and down the coast and, and then used say the coast or the Arizona and you know not not only were you getting this the 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 windows but you were able to capture the different geographies that you're moving through. I mean that could just be something so cool. Yeah. Yeah and I think that that comes around to the the social skills you know th- that would require a real um delicacy of communication and approach and trust building and uh you know that that has all these other layers to it that um you know would be involved in something like that you know i wouldn't just like poke around in the bushes you know uh (laughs) um and i think yeah i think that's a really i mean nursing homes are seeing such drastic numbers with coronavirus that I think, uh, I think they're a little bit, I think it's a little bit touchy, uh, for them to, uh, I, I would think a lot of them would not want to be documented, but I think if I approached them in the right way, uh, and gave them control over, uh, you know, if I gave them approval of, of the images, um, then I think that that would that could be something that could go forward. Um, so yeah, that's a possibility. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't. That might be for somebody else to do. If someone else uh, 
I think that might be someone else's project, but it's a great idea and hopefully it'll land on someone who, uh, who, who brings it forth into the world. Um, I'm the type of person, like I'm deathly afraid of hospitals, you know? Um, and, uh, I'm also, again, I'm one of those people, like I'm still trying to, I'm, I'm like, (laughs) I get scared about like, you know, people getting mad at me if I'm photographing them without like full permission. Um, you know, I get, I get really self-conscious about that. Um, so I, I get a little funny about, you know, I just get scared of approaching people sometimes about photographing them, which is why my business is like perfect. Cause like people just like inquiry, they, they send me an inquiry and we have a, a call and, and, you know, it's like full, it's fully planned out in a way, or at least fully like consensual and they're, they're really signing up for it, you know, to be seen. Um, yeah. Caroline White, I can't wait until our next conversation I know. when we get updates on how all of this is developing because just the last two months, the, the intervening narrative is so compelling. Um, we're on a wild ride, dude. We really no are. No one knows what's going to happen next, really. Well, I look forward to sharing with my listeners uh, the links to Business Insider and Artnet and get them excited for the next iteration. Oh, you're the best, CK. And same to you. Uh, Like, let me know how I can share, uh, you know, what you're up to with with my folks as well. I certainly will. Be be great. You already are, but be be great. I will. I will. I will. You're, it's great. It really is great to talk to you. you. You're always so positive and energetic. I feel like you really spread like a great mood around you all the time and really like lift people around you up. And, uh, I think, I think that's just who you are. I think you've always been like that. Something tells me, I mean, I didn't know you when you were five years old, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same exact person. I haven't changed. I haven't changed a, a bit in the last, uh, God, I can't even do the math on that. 33 years. (laughs) And that is why you are great. (laughs) Okay. Um, We will talk soon. Good luck and have a great day. You too, CK. Thank you so much.